In this video, I want to expand on some things that I mentioned in the last video about the Fujifilm X-T2 and why I think that this is one of the most groundbreaking still cameras for digital photography that I have ever used. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think it comes down to user experience design. And I think this is an important discussion because I don't think that a lot of camera manufacturers are putting enough emphasis into that. And it seems like Fuji are. And so I want to talk about that some today. But first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor today, who are the awesome folks over at Squarespace.com. If you're not familiar with Squarespace, it is an all-in-one solution for building beautiful websites. And literally, if you can drag and drop a folder of images, you can build a website, a portfolio, an online store, whatever it is that you want to do. Head over to Squarespace.com AOP and give their free trial a go. And if you decide that Squarespace is right for you, I can save an additional 10% off your order if you use offer code AOP on checkout. And so once again, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to the folks at Squarespace for sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography. So this whole idea of user experience design, this is a relatively modern term that has really been around for a long time, but it refers to people whose role as designers is to come in. I remember I first heard this term, it was the late 90s, early 2000s, when websites were being built and you would hire experienced designers to come in and, and really not do graphics, but really their role was to, to study how people interacted with with the website or the app or whatever that is. And that actually is a job now. And it always has been around, but this is really important when designing anything, whether this is a house or a car or a camera. And so that's a really important role because I think as photography has matured over the years and the technical innovations have gotten way more advanced than they were back in the film days, it's more important than ever to pay attention to that user experience and to make things simple and intuitive to use. And this is something that I don't think cameraman manufacturers in the modern day have done well at all. And I think this is one of the reasons why everybody gravitates towards the iPhone when shooting pictures or whatever cell phone that is, because it's the most basic design ever. There are no options other than composing and clicking to shoot, and that's it. Now, as a photographer, you probably want more options. You want to be able to control different elements of how you're getting your exposure, depth of field, shutter speed. And so I'll give you one of my favorite examples, and this is the Nikon F3, which I have talked about many times on here before. And if you're not familiar with this camera. Uh, this is a 35 millimeter film camera and when I started in photography there were no digital cameras and this was a very advanced camera for that day and it's been one of my favorites for years and years and the way it works is this. It's just a manual focus lens and so with your left hand you're going to focus the camera and also dial in your depth of field or your f-stop. So aperture is controlled from the lens and there's just a little ring here where you dial that in. On the top of the camera, well, ISO is already determined for you because it's whatever film speed you're using. You can't adjust that mid-roll necessarily. And so you have your shutter speed dial over here. And so the innovative thing that Nikon did with this camera, and they did have uh, designers that, I mean, this was, a, this was a monumental feat in camera design when it came out. It was a very special thing. And it was designed with this new auto mode on the shutter dial there. So if you didn't want to figure it out manually and you just wanted to use the in-camera meter, you know, we had in-camera metering up to this point, this gave you an aperture priority way of shooting. So basically what you would do is you would dial in the aperture and the camera would determine the shutter speed. And there is an exposure compensation. So if you want to over or underexpose this a little bit, you can adjust that. But that was it. That is the entire camera. If you understand how to do that and then push this button over here and then wind the film, you can use a Nikon F3. It is dead simple. Now, as the technology progressed, even in the film days, metering got more advanced and camera companies figured, well, if 
we have an aperture priority mode, we could have a shutter priority mode. Or maybe we could have a program mode when Canon came out with uh, the A1 or the AE1 and, and cameras that were capable of doing program exposure where you didn't have to think about it. That added further elements into that. And then all of a sudden, that's when you have this AMP switch idea that comes in. The Nikon F4 got more complicated. By the time you got to the Nikon F5, it's all electronic and everything's in a menu and it becomes difficult to use. And I think as we've grown into the digital age, there's so many options you have and nobody has really paid attention to what is really the simplest way to lay this out. What is important for the photographer? And that's why when I mentioned yesterday, I was talking about the Fujifilm X-T2 here. And you're gonna see that it works a lot like the Nikon F3, which is one of the reasons I like it so much and why I think it was just so easy for me to gravitate into just when I started shooting on this. And basically it's the same idea. You have your aperture around the, the lens collar here. And in this case, we don't shoot film anymore, so you can control your ISO settings and they're done with this dial right here. On the other side of the camera, you have your shutter speed. Now remember that little A that you saw on the F3? Well, it's all over this camera. You have an A switch on the lens collar. You have an A on the, on the, um, the ISO dial. And you also have A on the shutter dial and then you have your exposure compensation over here. So it works very much the same and those are are the three elements that go into taking a picture that are probably the most dominant to you as a photographer. What is your aperture? What is your shutter speed? And what is your ISO? Because they all work in tandem with one another. So if I have all of these set to auto, it's basically the equivalent of a program mode, but that dial's gone now. You're not trying to think in different modes and it's just very intuitive and you basically just unlock what it is that you need to do if you're not sure what the meter is or if you're going for something really different, then everything's at your fingertips. And then the more advanced functions start to go underneath those. So there's these little sub rings that, that sit on here that allow you to change the metering mode that you're using or change the drive for uh, single shooting or continuous or movie mode or whatever it is that you're doing. So it's a very intuitive and easy camera to do. Now, I try to stay fairly brand agnostic and I do believe that, um, and I've said this on the show before, that you know, you're not dependent on gear as a photographer. It really doesn't matter what gear you use. It's just not that important. Now, I know that you can pick that apart and say, well, you can't shoot a wedding on a cell phone. It'd be unprofessional. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that a good photographer could get a good shot at a wedding using a cell phone is all I'm saying. So I don't think the brand of the camera is going to make a hill of difference with it. I mean, I think you can get great shots on Nikon, Canon, Sony, anything. But Fuji make this to where it's intuitive and easy to use. And a lot of people I have heard talk about the Fuji Jesus being a retro design. And I agree with that and I see where people are coming from with that. But my whole point of this video is that I don't think it's necessarily a retro thing. I think they've actually picked up where we left off the last time we gave a flip about user experience. And Fuji have like put a camera together that is intuitive and it's easy to use. Think about it this way. Your role as a photographer is this. You have two elements. Basically, you have the human element and then you use some kind of machinery that helps you get the picture in the end. Your job as a photographer is not all the under the hood stuff, the, the trivial things with pixel mapping or color spaces or, you know, that's for the camera to do. And so you do want to be able to control those from time to time, uh, set up different profiles for different things. But on, for the most part, as a photographer, you're worried about making a statement visually and communicating something. That is the 
most important thing. And so this deals with capturing a moment in time. This cap deals with capturing a composition. This deals with all kinds of variables that have nothing to do with the actual electronics involved. So I think having a tool that allows you to get to the things that you need very quickly is the most important thing, period. And I, like I said earlier, I just don't think that I've seen uh, a lot of camera companies pay very close attention to this. Um, form factors have gotten smaller. I think that's great, but what's the layout? What's under your fingers? What can you get to quickly and easily? And that's what's important. I would like to know what you guys think about this. Uh, you know, everybody uses different brands of cameras. I understand that, but how important is that user experience to you? I know a lot of people who shoot film because they prefer that user experience of, of being really close to the exposure like that. They also like the look, they like slowing down, and I don't think necessarily it's something that you would want to use to slow down. Like I think the needs of a sports photographer or a wedding photographer would be much different than those of somebody who wants to do street photography or still lifes or something different. So I would like to know what you guys think. So leave me a comment below. If you've enjoyed this video, please remember to like it, share it, subscribe to The Art of Photography for more videos. I have a full review coming up on this, but I did want to share just a couple thoughts on that today. So I'll see you guys in the next video. Until then, later.